This is London Real. I am Brian Rose. Joining me today is Roger Brooks, recent graduate of our Broadcast Yourself course. Welcome to London. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Roger, tell people about you. Where are you from? What do you do? I am from Binghamton, New York, which is upstate New York, about two and a half hours uh, from New York City, born and raised. And uh, it's a great community. It is, it represents real, real town America. Uh, we have uh, great diversity there, and for me and, and the new show, American Real, it's just a great setting for uh, guests to come in and, and tell their story. So uh, I started American Real uh, about three months ago, and on episode 14, and just graduated through the uh, course, Broadcast Yourself, and it's been an amazing journey. And last night, you spent four hours in my chair here interviewing me yes. for my uh, fourth annual kind of London Real State of the Union address. Uh, what was it like to be in my chair and hosting London Real <laughs> in its six-year anniversary? Yeah, it, really it was surreal. Uh, but I, I also feel in many ways that I have been preparing for this and for that moment my entire life. Everything I've done has led up to this. And you made some references uh, yesterday to when you were young, you, were, you had the video camera, you were the producer, you were the director, even as a, a young kid. And I did the same. My dad bought a, an old VHS recorder and I was hooked. Uh, I remember editing and, and splicing the videotape uh, with an X-Acto knife and you know, putting together kung fu theater movies and in cooking movies that, uh, that I would do for different classes in school. So it's been in my blood. Uh, my path took a different course um, over, the, over the course of my career, uh, more in customer loyalty. But I also feel that has prepared me for today. Interesting. You know, that's an interesting concept, I must say. Uh, in the early days of London Real, we interviewed a pickup artist. And it was a, a hugest episode at the time. It was controversial. Some people liked him, some people didn't. But he took us out to Oxford Street and we walked around and did this thing called Day Game in London where you walk up to girls on the street and ask them out. It's a very London thing. And it's a fascinating dynamic and it's a great way to build confidence, etc. And he used to say to his students, he said, everything you've done up to this point in your life is game. And it gives you the opportunity to go ahead and do these things. So that, that time that you did that job and you worked through the hard times, the time you dug a ditch when it was sweltering hot, the time you play, you know, made kung fu movies, the time you did customer loyalty, all brings you up to this point and gives you all these great assets to go and do things. Yes. And uh, I'll never forget that because yeah. there's something to that, right? Yes, there is. And, and the other thing that's interesting is uh, I'm a writer. So I've written uh, three books now. Uh, I've written a couple of coffee table books focusing on people and their stories. Uh, I've written a business book on customer loyalty called The Power of Loyalty. And the last six years I've been working on a novel, uh, which was very challenging. But again, it's all about story. I love story. Our lives are story. We, you know, engage through story. So now that I am doing American Real, I am able to help tell other people's stories. And there's an art to that, right? When we're sitting in these chairs, looking at each other, how does that flow? You know, how do we get that story out of the guest? So I'm just really excited to be able to do this good work because it needs to be done.
Yeah, amen to that. Well, you're here in town for graduation for the Broadcast Yourself course, but tell me about American Real. It sounds like a lot like London Real. How did that happen as far as the name, the inspiration, and everything? Yes, no coincidence whatsoever. About a year ago, uh, a, a bunch of guys got together, about eight of us, uh, in a room, and uh, my friend Anthony Brunelli and his brother John, they're, they're both artists. Uh, Anthony's a, a world-renowned photorealist, and John uh, runs their gallery. So uh, they're, they're very big in the art world. They got together, a, a bunch of friends, and Tony said, we need to have Roger there as well. So we sat around the table, and uh, we talked about content. How could we put positive content out to the universe? How could we do that? So several ideas were thrown out. We could do documentaries. Um, we could do a podcast. Um, you know, we could have classes and seminars. And all these were really good ideas. But I had been watching your show at that point for a little bit over a year. So when they said podcast, I said, hmm, I think I could do that. I want to do that. So we had a couple of more meetings, but pe people pretty much did their own thing. I started getting to work right away. So on the weekends and, and at nights, I would, I would you know, teeter around, figure out what I could do to build a show. And uh, over the course of a year, I built American Real. Now, that wasn't the name at the time. We didn't have a name. Um, as I was getting ready to prepare for my first episode, which was of uh, Anthony Brunelli, I came home one day, and in my inbox was an email from you, because I'm on your mailing list, how to be a podcaster. So I, I, I saw that, and I don't, you know, I don't think it was a coincidence. I saw that the timing was perfect. Um, I looked into it, and I signed up right away. So it, it, it was just amazing how it all came together. Now, as far as the name is concerned, another shot in the dark. I sent an email to your general email uh, box, and I received a response right away. I asked, what do I need to do to get the rights for the real brand? And um, Julian responded, and he said, you don't have to do anything. You could launch whatever you want with the real brand. So I said, wow, these guys are the real deal. I took the class, and as you know, uh, it was just amazing as far as how much I learned in such a short period of time. I was challenged every week, every day with all these tasks, and uh, I took it very serious. I, 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 I said to myself, I'm going to have two full-time jobs for this eight weeks, and I'm going to go all out like I've never done before. And I did. I slept little, I ate little, and I worked as hard as I wanted, but it wasn't work. It was magic. And I thank you for that because I wouldn't be sitting here without that class. Well, it's a huge pleasure for me. You know, you were in my group as well, and I still remember our first video call. It's live on Facebook, and then boom, there's Roger Brooks. I never met you before. You're in a suit and tie, and behind you is this gorgeous set, right? You know, and it, it, it looks almost as gorgeous as this set, maybe, you know, more in your mind. Uh, but, you know, it's got the chairs, and I'm like, wow, this guy really put the effort in to build something. You know, obviously, you had a lot of effort. Um, you know, use the name American Real, and you know, traditionally, I ask people to use cities and not countries. And uh, I had a guy who wanted to do Nigeria Real, and I was like, let's go with Lagos. But actually, he convinced me to use Nigeria Real because he had so much passion. And so, Roger, when I saw what you were doing, and I saw one of your video trailers, that's what sold me about you. Because your trailers, you put so much 
effort into them. And I pride ourselves in our trailers here. It's, it's the one thing I think that makes London Real more special than any other piece of video out there is because we put this story in a 90 second piece. And you were doing an amazing job as well. And you can tell when someone is being paid to make content and when someone puts their passion into content. That's the beautiful thing about video is that you can make something better than if someone had a hundred grand to spend on it. And that's why we can make something better than the BBC because we give a shit and you do too. And so I knew you were part of the family from the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, I was trying to push you, but also you'd already kind of had the show and the idea. So why join the course? Because you could have continued doing what you were doing. I don't know if you'd be at episode 14 by now, but you could have figured it out. Why join? Yeah, I, 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 you know, look, I think we all know our strengths and weaknesses. There was a lot I did, although I, I, I researched a lot, there was a lot I did not know. I did not know how to get onto iTunes. Uh, I did not know how to interview. I mean, these were things I was learning along the way. So I, I just said to myself, I, how can I go wrong? How can I go wrong? I've been watching Brian now for a couple of years. You know, I, that was my inspiration. The set was the inspiration. Um, and I just knew that there were things I needed to learn. And if I could do it in eight weeks, why not? Mm, okay. All right. You sign up. You go all in. And boom, you're on the first live call with me. You're surrounded by 60-some, 70 students from around the world. What were some of those initial impressions those first couple of weeks? What, were you going, what was going through your mind? Well, uh, you know, I was just trying to uh, live the moment, uh, but also uh, take care of every task. So um, what was going through my mind is just to stay the course, to stay on top of it, not to get behind, to learn, you know, as I went each and every week, which I did, you know. And, and once you start to see progress, um, it, to me it's m motivating and m makes you want to work harder to get to the next piece. And, and at the same time, now you're pushing us to record episodes. So I had guests in, and I'm learning the technology, and I'm, you know, I'm learning the video. I'm doing audio and video. And of course, we had many challenges and lots of resistance. But I don't know. You know, you just persevere because when you have a passion for something, you find a way to get it done. Mm. So it was just, you know, incredible. Toughest moment of the whole course and also kind of biggest breakthrough moment for you? I would say toughest moment was getting up on iTunes. I had a lot of challenges. And, you know, once you figure it out, it's, it's easy. But it's that. And, and, and I like how, you know, you, you give us enough information, but you also make us learn it on our own, which is a good balance. You know, so, um, you know, I was I was... Struggling with that part of it, but once uh, once I got it up and running, uh, it, it became fun. Okay, and biggest breakthrough, or or something where you just kind of had a new way of looking at it or thinking about broadcasting, interviewing, anything. Yeah, I, I think the biggest breakthrough was actually sitting down with guests. Um, I would say after episode three. And the guests, you know, a couple of guests came up to me after saying, thank you for that interview. This was the best interview of my life. I had a gentleman on, Al Downing. Uh, he's in his 70s, 
played for the New York Yankees, the Los Angeles Dodgers. He played with Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford. I'm sitting across from this gentleman. That's amazing. And he was a broadcaster. He broadcast for the Dodgers uh, for years. Um, he came up to me and said, that was the best interview I've ever had. Thank you. So that, that was a breakthrough. That's when I knew, okay, I'm on the right track. I need to keep doing this. I need to tell people stories. That's a high compliment. And I think you do need to keep doing this for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, talk to me about your classmates. What was it like with all of these people that you never met, like literally around the world? I mean, you know, people, you know, Lizzie's up at four in the morning in Australia. She made every single call. You got Londoners, you got Swiss people. Like, what's that like? Yeah, it, it's hard to explain. So how can you build a virtual family and, and try to fit in? It was amazing. The first live call, and I saw all these people, it was so inspiring to think, okay, there's people around the world that want to do exactly the same thing as me, and we're going to be learning this together. We're in this together. And then you, you're in your Facebook you know, group, and you're in your private messaging chat, and we're chatting with you and Julian and, and everyone else uh, from, from the team. It's so interactive, you just feel like, okay, I'm not in this alone. We c we're here to support each other. And then I think naturally what happens is you build your friendships with those folks within your group that you have you know, likeness with. And um, yeah, it's just incredible. And it's incredible to watch the others grow. It's incredible to watch their vlogs and see how every week um, they're getting better at what they do. And it's just inspiring. And, and again, you're not in it alone. You're, you're in it as, as a team. And I love that team effort. Yeah, one thing it showed me, and you showed me this, and a lot of members did, was just how empowering and enthralling and enthusing it is just to do something like that, you know, just to have a conversation. And these people were doing a lot of times on audio only, sometimes at distance, and yet they still felt this surge of emotions, like they were on fire doing something they, they hadn't had that much fun in years. That's the way it felt to me. Yeah. And it just reminded me why I love doing this. And um, I guess you saw that in people as well. And getting through their own resistance. At first, people have tech issues like you do. And then by the end, they, they, they're pushed through that. And now they're just like, how many more can I do? Where can I take this? Yeah. No, it, it was, it was uh, remarkable. And uh, I would do it again 10 times over. <laughs> Talk to me about the future of American Real. What does it look like a year from now, and I'm going to push you a little further, what does it look like five years from now? Great question. Uh, number one, and, and this is something you taught us, continue to publish. So that's, I'm very big on that, and I'm very disciplined now that I am going to have you know, five, six episodes in the can, uh, so to speak, but continue to bring in a new guest every week. If I could get two, I will do two. So, so that's my goal is just to stay the course, publish every week, build an audience, put out you know, great content. That, that's my immediate goal. Uh, Five-year plan, doing this full-time, uh, taking it very serious, taking it to the next level, and you know, being able to bring in top quality guests 
that can share their story and motivate the listener, motivate the world. That's, that's my mission, is to continue to enlighten uh, people in, in, a, in a positive way. Talk to me about some of the feedback you've gotten um, from your friends, from your family, from the community. What are they telling you about American Real? It's hard to explain. It's, um, I had a lot of resistance putting this out there. The two pieces of resistance I had, one, I was embarrassed, you know, I didn't know if it would be good enough, uh, so I didn't want to put it out to the general community. And uh, to be frank, I was nervous to, to tell my coworkers. Um, once I did that, and that was part of the course, you know, you, you helped push me through that. Once I did that, I felt such a huge sigh of relief because I wasn't doing anything wrong or bad. I was doing something good. Yeah. So to answer your question, the feedback was incredible. I have so much support from my family, my friends, my extended family and friends. I, I, I'm overwhelmed. You know, I got back last night after we filmed our episode and you know, I had dozens and dozens of messages. So it just goes to show me that the support is there, I'm on the right track, and to keep being humble and to keep working hard at what I love to do. Uh, that's all that matters. Isn't it crazy how you might not have felt that or seen that just because of that little bit of resistance? It is. And you know, I see this all the time with our students and it's just like they need that push but they fear, I guess they fear this kind of social anxiety that people are going to say bad things about them. And that keeps a lot of people, good, intelligent, smart people like you with tons of value to give to the world from publishing. And we never know their gifts. And you push through it and all of a sudden you like almost broke the shell and on the other side was all of this warmth right. for you. And it's like anything. I think all of it's in our heads. And, and not just in this. I, I think in life in general, we, you know, we think about so many things that isn't, it's really not reality. You know, we're, our reality is in our minds. Um, once you put something out to the universe, you know, just let it be and, and good things happen. And I'm seeing that. You know, I'm seeing people contacting me. Um, you know, the company I work for, I didn't even tell you this yet. They said, hey, can you, can you do a podcast for us? We'd like to have our own podcast. So it's just good. It's, it's positive. It's good. And, and I think it's a good lesson. It was a great lesson for me. It's something I could teach my kids. Um, it's something my wife and I talk about. And it's a good lesson for anyone. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Because when you do it, you'll be surprised the response that you receive. Yeah, and I always see that from everyone. Just massively surprised at what they think. And I always tell people, you're always concerned about what they will think of you. But in the reality is most people are concerned about their own life and their own problems. Yeah. And that you really don't have time to be worrying and judging you and all of those things. So you just gotta get on with it. Yeah. And the people that have done great things in this world are ones that get vulnerable, are ones that put it on the line. Whether you're you know, Martin Luther King or Gandhi or Conor McGregor, all those people get vulnerable, they put it on the line, yeah. they put their stuff out there for critics and that's why we love them because they also do these incredible things. Yeah. So, and I'm all in. You know, I uh, um, you, you did you asked what's the future? I think as far as a couple of things I've been thinking about, uh, five year plan. Uh, Want to do documentaries? 
there's some guests that I've already had that um, I, I could see a nice documentary. Uh, that's important to continue to put out content in a positive way, uh, to, to do classes, you know, to teach people what I know. Uh, why not share that? You taught me that. You have no pride in authorship. I love that. Too many people have that pride, and, and I think it just pre prevents, um, you know, growth. So that's something that uh, I'm going to, to do in the future. Good. I mean, this is new media. This is the information age. You can't be proprietary about your content anymore. You have to just put out all these ideas and, and be you and not try to go around and say, no, that's my idea. What you do is you build your business around execution, mentorship, inspiration, and, and don't worry about the other stuff. That's right. The other stuff actually helps you grow even bigger. So it's this weird mentality, but once you make the shift, you can literally 100x what you're doing out there. And it's just about not playing small-minded and just, at the end of the day, just doing it because it needs to be done. Right. Which is great. Now, I never met you before this course, but if we were to walk outside on the sidewalk right now and bump into the Roger Brooks that didn't take this course, he still had the studio set up, you had a couple episodes in the can, how would he be different than you? Definitely not as open. I think I had... You know, I've been, um, I, I worked hard my entire career to uh, do the right thing. And, um, and I think that was good for the business world. But now I've let, I let go. So now I am me. I feel 100% me and that I have nothing to hide. So the old Roger, you know, there might have been a little bit of a front that, you know, uh, I was just re more reserved. The new me, I'm talking to everyone. I talk to the taxi cab driver, you know. I talk to the person at the coffee shop. I hand out my business card because I'm happy, I'm proud. And I want people to be inspired by the content. And it's not me, it's the guest. I want them to learn from the guests as I'm learning from the guests sitting across from them in the chair. So, yeah, the old me, uh, not so fun. <laughs> Corporate, the business, Corporate. let's get, do the, yes. the right personality to get the job done. That's right. Not necessarily being you. Correct. Yeah. Um, Roger, I don't know if I've met anybody in this course that embodies the ethos of London Real as much as you do. Um, and obviously, you're going to make it your own and be yourself. But like everything you say makes me know you're going to be massively successful. And what does that mean? Successful in inspiring others and living the best life you can live and just doing great things. And I think broadcasting makes you more human. And that's a bold statement, because why would uploading a digital audio file to iTunes make you more human? But it does. Yeah. It just, it forces you to engage with life, it forces you to be more human, to promote other humans, to connect, to get these new ideas, to have empathy, and uh, you're living proof of it. And I am too. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's hard to believe, and if you, force yourself to just keep this pattern up, I'm telling you, you won't recognize who you become in six months and 12 months, and I'm telling you, it'll go by like this, and you're gonna have 30 episodes, and then you'll have 100 episodes, and then all this stuff you're talking about will just start having a multiplier effect, and you know, before you know it, <laughs> crazy things are gonna start happening to you. Well, thank you. Thank you for those kind words. You've been an inspiration. I love that this is real. You know, it's in the name, but that's what it's all about, real people.
real stories, real conversations, and you have been the inspiration, and I thank you so much for that. Thank you, Roger. Um, I appreciate that. I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when it came time to sit down for my, you know, annual interview, uh, you know, a lot of names got thrown around, uh, some people here, and, um, you know, a couple of the guys said, you know, we should do a contest, you know, and see who wins. But uh, I knew it needed to be Roger Brooks. And so, uh, you know, you had the energy, you had the ethos and the vibe, and uh, I'm so glad you came here. It was an amazing, amazing conversation we had yesterday. So thank you so much for that. Um, thank you for bringing us American Real. Yes. Um, you can have the entire country, even my home country, you can have it. Um, you're doing all the great things there. And so uh, I just want to say it was a, a real pleasure and an honor to have you on our course for thank Broadcast you. Yourself. And, you know, again, you're just amazing, always helping people. And just it's, it's a pleasure to teach. You can see how much I love teaching, especially people that are going to take it and do great things. And so uh, welcome to the family. I'm going to know you for a long time. Yes. And I just can't wait to see what you're going to do with the reels. And, you know, your coffee cup game is already better than mine. <laughs> your sock game is already better than mine. And this is good. This is what we need in the world, new media, healthy competition. It's going to be fun. Good. And, and, and thanks so much for the opportunity. My pleasure. As we say on London Reel, it's about the journey. Uh, and uh, as they say in American Real, everyone has a story. And uh, I wish you all the best. Stay in touch. Come back to London. And, uh, you know, let, let's, let's make the world a better place. It's great. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Roger. Thanks so much. who always speak behind my back. Maybe I want to hear them remind me he's back, the great pretender. I hope this time he gets hurt. I love these guys, they give me fuel. You want him to reach your objective, you want to achieve it, you're gonna have to be obsessive, you're gonna have to be obsessed. Feel what you do, feel it. If you're not feeling it, it doesn't matter. Chris Eubank Jr. Mm -hmm. How do you explain his prowess in the ring? Junior has that obsession, that genius, that magic. Genius is obsession, but it's in one area. You studied the sweet science for so much of your life. How do you walk away from it? Do you miss it? Mm -hmm. you, you can't walk away from it. I am it. And even when I dance, really I'm boxing. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, the one who strives valiantly. What was the worst day of your life, and how has it shaped you as a human being? When I fought Nigel Ben, I stood like this. It was to mask this. The risk must be taken. That's why you are London Realists. That's why we're here. We're tired of sitting still, watching it happen, happening for others. Let's do it.
the critics who always speak behind my back. Maybe I want to hear them remind me he's back, the great pretender. I hope this time he gets hurt. I love these guys, they give me fuel. You want to, to reach your objective, you want to achieve it, you're gonna have to be obsessive, you're gonna have to be obsessed. Feel what you do, feel it. If you're not feeling it, it doesn't matter. It's Chris Eubank Jr. Mm -hmm. How do you explain his prowess in the ring? Junior has that obsession, that genius, that magic. Genius is obsession, but it's in one area. You studied the sweet science for so much of your life. How do you walk away from it? Do you miss it? Mm -hmm. you, you can't walk away from it. I am it. And even when I dance, really I'm boxing. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, the one who strives valiantly. What was the worst day of your life, and how has it shaped you as a human being? When I fought Nigel Ben, I stood like this. It was to mask this. The risk must be taken. That's why you are London Realists. That's why we're here. We're tired of sitting still, watching it happen, happening for others. Let's do it. <laughs>